buys Twitter. And then uh, a week or two later, we have a new uh, department <laughs> in the DHS, one that is involved in disinformation governance. And they have a new czar. Let's talk about that. My name is Jonathan Fiala, and today we're going to go look at the issues of today through the lens of the Christian apologetic. But um, each one of us is sitting in a chair, and we're going to try to provide an apologetic position from each of those chairs, because someone will always ask you from a theological, philosophical, etc. position, why do you believe what you believe? So starting off today in the chair of theology, we got Miss Nikki. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Glad to be here, doing well. Glad to have you in here, dealing with the reason why we believe what we believe. And to her left, we got Mr. Charlie in the chair of philosophy. How are you, sir? We are doing wonderful. Good to be back. Glad to have you. We've missed you. I know it. And to his <laughs> left, we got Mr. Steve in the chair of culture. Man, I am doing fantastic, Charlie. Um, yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry about Steve. that. No, <laughs> and, uh, John Arthur. <laughs> good to we see you, too. I missed all you guys. Them, Charlie. We, we need the more coffee, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> dealing more, with I just the got culture. started on it. <laughs> dealing with the culture and the cultural issues uh, and the counterculture that the Christian should bring. You're truly sitting in the chair of politics. Government is a God-ordained institution. Why wouldn't the uh, Christian be involved? Just make sure that you are balanced. Everything is for the gospel. We keep the government for the gospel. And to my left, I got Jennifer. How are you? I'm doing well, sitting in the chair of economics today. Glad to have you there. And uh, there is a economic incentive, but also there are values yes. uh, for walking the Christian life appropriately. God has given us rules, and they're not stupid rules. And there's a value for your time and your legacy, your legacy being your children and the people who God uses you to bring into heaven. So... Let's go ahead and dive into it. Now, if you haven't uh, uh, had your head buried in the sand, if, this, if you're listening to this in 2022, you know that um, Elon Musk recently bought Twitter, like we said, and just a couple of weeks later, the government comes out with a new ministry of truth, although they don't call it that, okay? So for those of you saying it's literally called a ministry of truth, it's not literally called a ministry of truth. Um, it's the uh, Disinformation Governance Board. Which I don't know which is worse. Does it make a difference it, what it's called? I, it's it, it's it's the same bad thing, right? There's yeah. nothing good. Well, remember though, and and I'm going to approach this more from a theological point. You you've got situations where Satan has always tried to make things sound good. Absolutely. And it doesn't. And and this goes on both sides of the fence. It doesn't matter who you are. We all try to make things sound good. But that's the that's the that's the thing though. Why? What are we rooting for? Which team are we pulling for? Mm. So let let's set the table a little bit here for the conversation because again, I, I don't want this to get into the political issue of just 2022. It is, but I also want to kind of delve into how important truth is and who determines truth. Think about that question as we go forward. Uh, but before we do, the, the, the impetus for this is interesting, and Jennifer has a story from the Daily Mail that actually has data, stats, and numbers, and I think it's very telling 
It's very telling as to what has happened since Twitter was reinstated to simply a bot-removing, no, I'm not going to say bot-free, but a company that's focused on removing bots and fake accounts and just letting it become a neutral platform, a town square. Some th interesting things have happened with the demographics shifting on Twitter. Yes. So uh, in the, what, it's only been maybe a week, you know, correct. not that long since uh, Elon Musk has bought Twitter. And we've seen a really interesting trend in the Twitter followers. So a lot of, uh, I, people are saying conservative, but it includes Joe Rogan and Elon Musk himself, both of whom are not conservative. But uh, Donald Trump Jr. is up over 300,000 followers. Ben Shapiro, 175,000 followers. Tucker Carlson, 175,000. Joe Rogan, 145,000. Ron DeSantis, almost 300,000. And drum roll, please. And drum, drum roll, please. Elon Musk, over 2 million followers. 2.8 million. 2.8 million followers. Wow. I didn't even know it was that much. And on the flip side of that, a lot of very popular, well, we thought were very popular, uh, Democrat voices. AOC has lost 25,000. Ellen DeGeneres, 27,000. Oprah Winfrey is down 12,000. I haven't heard her name in like 10 years, but she lost followers. <laughs> Bernie Sanders down 24,000. Jimmy Kimmel, 13,000. And Michelle Obama down 30,000. That's wild. In just a couple of days. So that's the table setting up. So what happens a, a week or so later, however long it is, mm -hmm. we have this disinformation governance board. It's not literally called a the Ministry of Truth. Guys, stop taking the the hyperbole and make saying it's literally called no no no. It's the which is just as bad or worse. The Disinformation Governance Board. That means that they're deciding what is governance or what, what, what information is, is, is correct and not uh, through government uh, fiat. And by the way, this is being done by DHS, which is a really important point. It's a very important point that it's being done by DHS. And I, I know we're getting a, a little bit long here setting the table, but I just... If you've, if you've listened to the unhinged individual who is being placed in that position, um, well, I'll, 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 I'll go ahead and let her speak for herself if I can, if oh, I can have man. this clip roll. So I didn't and, sign up to get waterboarded this morning. Well, so. I'm sorry. That is this is the price that you pay. Actually, I'm I'm gonna say something. I, I actually think she did a fine job of that. The problem is, is everything that she's saying is just so vile. Well, you know, they 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 figure that they've done a pretty good job indoctrinating children. So why not just treat us all like children? Well, yeah. well, and there's there's no consequences. There's no repercussions for being wrong. There's no repercussions for saying something that we know for a fact Giuliani Santel was not bad from Ukraine. Uh, and yes, you can take the five TikTokers who said, COVID ain't real. 
Okay, you, and 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 you can say that it's a systemic problem. But for me, but none of the issue true. is 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 one in such. Do we want our political leaders? I don't care what who our leaders are, political, religious, or whatever. Would you really want them representing your organization with that kind of thing? That to me was totally unprofessional. Have no problem with her doing it. If you want to do that in your free time, God bless you. To be to be fair, she did this before she was the nominee. Uh, Still get so, that, but my point stands. You don't want your political leaders doing something like that. Uh, Not I, as a I'm, representative of, of your organization. I'm, 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 but that's just the point. She she wasn't at the time. So, so you're so, saying she had no political. She was not. She was not elected in this position. This gal has almost no credentials. She has low low amount of credentials. So well, is she elected now? I don't think she. No 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 elected. no. It's a it's she a bureaucrat. Was, yeah. She, she's she in was, a bureaucratic position. I stand corrected. Then. So, oh, sorry. So so that's that's the issue. That and and so anyway. So you, you've got that individual who who is fully dismissed the truth. Uh, She's in full denial of the truth. Yeah. Everything that she said was verifiably false, and now she's going to be the one in charge of disinformation. It's an, it's an issue of allowing someone with a worldview, any person. I really don't want a Christian in that, in that position. I don't want that position to exist. Uh, I was going to say, we don't want it at all. I don't want it to exist. Yeah. So, and, and th this is the department of DHS. So, again, th th there, there's a reason we're coming to this point because this is eschatological uh, buildup that, that we're watching here. Because... What is the Department of Homeland Security? Anyone? Well, it's, it's theology. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, did not uh, George, w. George Bush w. Bush created this after 9-11? Yeah. Correct. And, it was and so it was because they felt that there was information available that could have prevented that attack. Is that correct? That's exactly why it was... Mm. Those were the reasonings for it being created. Those were the justifications. Justifications. And by the way, for those of you who still worship at the idol of the Bush family, can I just say DHS was one of the worst things Amen. that was done to our country. Amen. Because they are now capable of violating posi comitatus. <clears throat> they are a law enforcement agency with extraordinary powers. And there's a there's a story out of Forbes. I don't know if you have that, Mr. Charlie. Yes. That's a, it's really it's an old story. It's almost a decade old story. But some of you will remember this. But DHS was doing something really interesting during the Obama administration. Just give me the headline from that. Well, the headline on it in this <laughs> 1.6 billion. That's billion with a B. Rounds of ammo for Homeland Security. It's and 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 there are other stories where the estimate is much higher. Yeah, that is more ammo than you can possibly run in a training session, but it is enough to run a guerrilla warfare with your own people. Yeah, and so it's a question mark, right? It's a real question mark. There and there's no justification. There's no justification for it. So especially when you're buying hollow points. Yeah. And ammunition that is outlawed by the Geneva Convention, but law enforcement uses. Right. Just bounce that in your head a little bit. But, but uh, I mean, I like hollow points. Uh, they, they make bigger holes. Uh, but I don't like them when they're shot at me, though. 
that just just in case anyone wants to give me some, I'm, I'm saying you know hand them <laughs> to me, don't shoot me with them. But uh, that is a legitimate problem because who who's being targeted here by this disinformation governance board? I think all of us are, um, but and and again, from a philosophical point, we all need to understand what what truth is. And where we start with that really needs to be centered about what is the source of truth. And now I'm going to touch on the theological aspect. When you're looking at Bible, Jesus himself proclaimed himself to be truth. And, 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 let's, and, let's, and let's go there in just a moment. Yep. Before we do, uh, Jennifer has a really good Pew Research poll on the issue of trust of government. Yes. And I, I, just want to, I just want you guys to think about this. When you're talking to someone... And from the political chair, when you're talking to someone who wants, who wants to push this disinformation uh, restriction or regulation, do you trust the government? Yes, it's a God-ordained institution, but what has been happening to it lately? And what, is, what do most people think about it? Yeah. Jennifer has that answer. So since we've started measuring this kind of stuff, the highest trust in government was in 1964, right at the beginning of LBJ. It was 77% of people, on average, uh, trusted government. It's average because, of course, when Democrats are in office, Democrats have more trust and Republicans, you know, vice versa. But on average, 77%. And since then, it's been all downhill. Uh, we hit the, hit the 20s at the end of George W. Bush's uh, terms and through Obama, Trump, and Biden, it has never been over 25% of Americans who say they have a uh, mostly or a fair amount of trust in government. So we're putting truth in the hands of an agency that three fourths of Americans have little to no trust in. What's the percentage of those who say almost always I trust what the government says? Um, hold on. So, and almost always is not an assuring metric, by the way. Right. Almost yeah. always for, for those who are defining and divining what is true. So the um, number of Americans who say that the government will do what is right just about always is 2%. That's unreal. So just... <laughs> Just so you understand that that three quarters and only is, it, 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 there, there's a significant plurality that believe what <laughs> that they will uh, only well so there's uh, 22 percent that believe they'll do it like most of the time right but um, the hold on let me find it point being yeah point the point, point being point being that. Do you really want to hand that over to the government as opposed to where truth comes from? So it's, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I really want to dwell in the theological chair here. Uh, where is our source of truth? And what is truth from a theological perspective? And how do we bring that to someone who wants to, who wants a government agency, an entity to be divining truth? Well, you know, Jesus made the statement that when Pilate said, what is truth? And he said it in a sarcastic manner. Jesus said, I came to testify of truth. And then Pilate said, well, what is truth? 
it, it was an open-ended question. What is it? Well, that's the interesting part because, you know, I was just talking to Chauncey about disinformation actually started in the Garden of Eden, but really it did not. It started in heaven before the world was created yes. when Satan said, I will raise my throne higher than God. That's disinformation. I will exalt myself. And you will find, I believe, every sin, which is a contradiction of God's character, is built in disinformation. So Jesus said, I came to testify of truth. And it's very interesting because Jesus had the power to stop disinformation, but because of free will, he does not. And that right there that, is that is really the prime, it good. That is the prime part of this is what was the first value that God extolled for humanity? A kind of love. Some will say love, right? But a kind of love that allows for free will, including Choice. the free will to stab God in the back. Chair theology, could God have put that tree somewhere else or not even made it? Why Correct. Why was Correct. that tree in the garden? Because he wants people who love him out of free will. We're not robots. Can't. We, we want to, you, he wants you to choose him over everything else. Can you have love or even, even good people, good beings, without free will, without the opportunity to actualize free will? I don't think so. Great, great question. I, I mean, I, if, if I was, didn't have a free will to love my husband, would he feel comfortable in my love? I mean, doesn't he want me to love him because I choose to? Because I, I want to? Not because, you know, it's the thing to do or... So that's the theological premise for that. And, I, and I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction with the chair of philosophy, okay? Uh, Nietzsche very, very articulately pointed out in his, his, his parable of the madman when he said, when we've killed God, what cathedrals, what powers, what uh, uh, liturgy will we have to concoct to replace him now that God is dead. Now, don't take too much from my political chair here, but <laughs> what do we see happening philosophically once we have divorced ourselves from the source of all truth? There is a cry. There is a cry for truth. And, where, and where, what is bringing us to this point? And how do we respond to someone who says that we need an arbiter of truth like it, this? It's really hard to stay out of the chair of theology this morning, I have to say. That's fine. But the thing is, is that we were created to worship. Yes. So if I tear down one thing, I tear down God, I have to replace it with something because that's what I'm geared to do. And that's what we're really seeing today. We're looking at postmodern secular humanism. Absolutely. Setting and ourselves up. We're setting ourselves up. And what we have to do is create a, a board, if you will, a group of humans who are delineating what is acceptable. Not, and everyone knows. They know what's true and what's not. They really do. 
but what they're deciding is is what is what is acceptable to be said what is acceptable if it is true and what is true but what is not acceptable and not to I, I, I don't want to go too far in the political aspect of this, but this is really super important because this comes from a, a biblical framework as well. When you look at the different situations of sin within the Bible, we're talking about the ability to control the conversation. Yes. What, what did Cain try to do? He tried to control the conversation. What did, what did Eve try to do? Uh, she, she booted the conversation over to Adam. Yep. And it doesn't matter what situation you look at in the Bible. The principle is the same. It's you're you're talking about controlling the conversation. And right now that is exactly what we're seeing in the US today. And I would submit to you it's not just the US. Nikki and I watched a really cool documentary last night on Chernobyl. And it's very interesting how that same thing played out. And what you're seeing with Chernobyl is a, if you go back in history and you look, you look at the atrocities that occurred after the melt, before the meltdown, during the meltdown, and after the meltdown, all the human lives were just lost, were just washed away because the government could not suffer the embarrassment from how corrupt and how poorly they handled it. Do you want your government in this position? And, and people who say, and, and again, God bless y'all out there who say that politics is icky and I don't want to be involved in it because it's just grody. Well, so is public sanitation. I've said this before. If no one does it, we'll all be swimming in it. And guess what we're swimming in right swimming now? In so someone has to deal with it. And guess what? The church is part of that. But I want to move to the chair of culture. Been awful quiet there, Mr. Steve. I'm I'm been listening well, buddy. So I wanna <laughs> I wanna I, I wanna dig in for just a moment here because we've talked about where the source of truth comes. We've talked about what happens when you replace that source of truth from a philosophical perspective. But culturally, there's something interesting uh, that happens here. Once you have replaced truth, the north star of reality. And as God sees it, as God has ordained it, with a shifting goalpost that is relative person to person, you end up with packs of people or tribes, and you have tribal politics. What has that done to our ability to discuss the issues on hand? We end up with uh, segregated groups. It doesn't matter if it's in over political issues, whether it's over racial issues, or um, it could be over food issues. It, it could be over any kind of issue, sexual issues. doesn't matter what kind of issues they are. If you want the truth, you don't go to the government for the truth. You go to the one thing that issues and can tell you the truth. You look at one thing, and that is the Bible. So it is the truth and will always be the truth. It is the same as what it was from the beginning, and it will be the same to the end. So let, let, let's expand that out. Let's expand that out to an apologetic. When someone is talking about the fractional, uh, the things that fractionalize our society, we all desire unity, but that's not possible 
unless it's under one umbrella. And and people will say, well, that's 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 absolutism, right? You're 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 making an absolute statement. Yeah, I am. And guess what? You are too. If you're saying that, unless I find define your definition of tolerance, if I fall into that definition, I settle there. What should we be pulling people towards? A unity in Christ, right? Correct. Culturally, correct. In a cultural issue, we need to look more towards pulling people together in terms of biblical issues and looking at it that way by bringing people together through Jesus Christ. Amen. And as someone who loves the culture wars, I'm just going to say, culture wars for culture wars' sake, be careful. Your objective on this earth is missionary testimony work. You are not here to win debates insofar as, well, you are, only insofar as it is to the perspective of winning the person. Let's make sure that we, when we, when we come to people about this issue of whether it be the Ministry of Truth or the Disinformation Gover- Governance Board, whatever you want to call it, jokingly or real, that whenever we're talking about these, the, these issues, let's make sure that we're winsome. Right. right, and you have to be careful, and you know. And I found at the the limited amount of time that I've been out and done ministry work is is that you have to be careful in how you approach people. You have to be careful in what you say. Your approach has to be careful in how you talk to people. Some people are going to get extremely offended. Some people are very They'll, they'll take it in, like, just suck it up like a sponge and just take it in because it's like, where have you been? I, I, have, I, I had a dream last night that someone was going to approach me and talk to me about this, and they've been waiting for someone to approach them and talk to them. You never because know I'm, when you someone just will be there. You never know when it's going to happen. I've had people tell me that they've been seeing Jesus at night, and I was sh- I was able to share the gospel to them because I just started right. to talk to them about the cultural, political issues, and engage them where they were. And one 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 gentleman is an Uber driver. He and I were talking, and he says, "You know, uh, I, I I don't I'm not religious." And I said, "Well, I'm not either." I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it caught his attention. And finally he said, you know, because he says religion's not for me, but this Jesus is interesting. And he says, he said that he'd actually been healed by a man in his dreams of an affliction that had been suffering, he'd been suffering from for months. And, I'll, I'll and, I, and I said, do, do you know this? Do, do you know Jesus? Do you, he says, no. I said, do you want to pray? So guess what happens if you're not willing to engage them? Right. the cultural issues. Correct. And I'll tell you what, some of the hardest ministry field is exactly right here in the good old USA. Amen. People overseas or in different countries are can suck it up and are so willing to to look at it and accept it and you know, now some of the governments aren't. Yeah. But the people that are being oppressed are willing to take it in. But and the we may people get to, in this country, we, we, man, we, we I may went, get to enjoy that oppression shortly because of what our, what our government's doing. Yeah. Yes, Charlie and I and 
Miss Nikki over here went to Montana. Whoa, man, you want to talk about a difficult mission field. Absolutely. Absolutely. Miss Nikki, you had something you wanted to say. You know, one of the things I think that as a Christian we must understand, it is our responsibility to learn and glean as much from the Word of God as possible. We do not have to convince other people of truth. Truth stands on its own. Amen. Truth will always, and my mother always had this, this saying growing up, don't lie to me. She said, because truth will always prevail. Truth is like, you know, it will raise its ugly head and you'll yes. be found out to be a liar. So if you are in a conversation, what is the best thing for you to understand is truth will stand whether you speak or whether you don't. But the more knowledge that you have and the more love that you have, you have a greater chance of penetrating that heart and mind of that individual. But you don't have to be defensive. You don't have to be aggressive. Truth stands on its own. And we have found out in the past, every government that has tried to hide up, hide truth, hide things, it always comes out. And that and that right there is the biggest issue that I have with the government. That's a good segue over to the political chair. The government being in the business of truth, of what is true, deciding what is true. And, and before you say... That Twitter's a private company or that Facebook's a private company. Guess what? We just saw one change hands. We saw Twitter being one of the it's it's number three. All right. Like you got you've got Facebook, YouTube, which is a subset of Google, Alphabet, right? And then you have Twitter. They just they just got one of their one of the top three that have been completely leftist controlled. Someone, a centrist, is trying to just make it open. Mm-hmm. He's not a conservative. He was their golden boy until five minutes he's, ago. He's not even a Christian. So, so five until five minutes ago, the the this guy was their golden boy, and the guy. But, but make no mistake, there's an economic incentive, and I'll leave some of that for 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 Jennifer's chair, the chair of economics, for Musk to do this. But he's just making it open. They're losing one, and what do we immediately do? We want to bring the strong hand of the government. We want to bring the hammer of the government. By the way, conservatives. When you want to solve theological and philosophical and cultural issues with politics, may I humbly suggest to you that you need to pause, because if you lose control of the House, the Senate, the presidency— You've got nothing. You've got nothing. Instead, we should be working on founding the culture. When you get down to this political chair, you've gotten to this level, guess what? You have lost. Mm -hmm. You have lost when you are fighting at the political level. You need to fight at the political level, but you have lost if you've gotten down to this point. Drag queen story hour. Guess what? Sorry, that shouldn't. There shouldn't be laws against it. There, there are laws about creepy men dressed up in sexualized outfits talking to four year olds. Okay, the that, that that that's what you need to be doing. So, from the chair of politics, it's not intellectually inconsistent to say no. I've never thought there should be a ministry of truth or a disinformation governance board. And I never, th- I ne- never think there will be. We should be about the business of putting. If you're in America, you're living in the closest thing to a theocracy that has ever existed since the time of the judges. Okay, because our founding fathers wanted a nation of godly people to rule within the confines of self-interest and the prevention of 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 evil misdeeds. And yes, our nation was 
was born with some warts. We had a lot of sin in the world at the time. But guess what one of the first nations to sh shake it off was? Britain, number one. United States, number two. Only because, it's not because they're special, other than this. It was a godly government set up, or is a godly principled government set up to eventually push towards a godly standard. That's the only reason why that happened was because of God's influence on the nation, because of God's people fighting, dying for those principles. That's what we should be about. We should be about a free country, an open country. And yes, I want to hear anti-Semites and Nazis on the platform, and I want to be just as free to come back with, uh, <laughs> Auschwitz wasn't real? Oh, there, there, there's a lot of people who would, uh, you know, who were there and would disagree with you, okay? That's what we need to be about. We need to be about truth. And like you said, truth is self-evident, is self-apparent. Now, I want to go to the chair of economics because this, this gets interesting. There is a value structure here that is being, being held. And once you lose control of the narrative, all and and people can see sort of the that the emperor has no clothes because we're all talking about it. Mm -hmm. What is the economic value to these politicians, and what's the value structure that they're that they're losing? And and before we get there, uh, does Musk have a pot? But before Christians and conservatives fully start to worship <laughs> at Elon Musk's feet, is there is there is there a in economic incentive for him to? open up Twitter to make it a for, uh, fair, open platform? I'm sure that there is. I mean, listen, I'm not the most well-versed in the financial aspect. I probably wouldn't be able to um, offer any any wise, uh, intelligent commentary on that, but uh, there's always economic incentive. Well, uh, the value has gone up. The stock price has gone up by it. Well, I was several say, percentage sure, points. For sure, him sure. himself, he added three, almost 3 million followers. Yeah. So yeah, the, and and um, you know, I will say perhaps with this increase that Twitter will pop up, but but honestly, um, Twitter is actually less than Instagram and TikTok. It's Facebook, yes. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Twitter's one of the well, Instagram lesser is, used. Instagram is part of the the Meta Facebook. Verse. Sure, but it's its own thing. I mean, the the people who use Instagram, the people who use Facebook, are two different you know people sure, groups. Sure. But uh, the, the, point, the company, the company was purchased. Sure, sure, sure. The the point that I'm making with that is that the fact that a centrist, not a Republican, has one of the less frequently used social media platforms, and everyone is freaking out about it, is just it's wild to me. But I think it goes back to the value structure that you're talking about and what people are valuing and the narrative that they want to push because basically I don't think anyone or very few people actually believe that this, you know, governing body is actually interested in the truth, you know, the actual truth. What they're doing is they're trying to curate certain facts and set certain facts aside so that they can present a narrative to people that will support their ideology they have they have taken their political and social preferences and they've put more value on that more value on the agenda than the truth they've valued their own political party over truth so when you do that, 
And when you devalue truth and you say that it's more important that we support LGBTQ people, it's more important that we um, are able to, you know, continue with the welfare state, it's more important that we do anything than tell the truth, there's no end to it. When you have truth as the highest value, when you have truth as the standard, you are constrained by what the truth is. As soon as you remove truth from being the highest value, there's no end to what you can do and, and it will not end here. Whatever good intention they may or may not have in doing this, it will devolve. Even if the people there right now who are making this have good intentions, which I don't think they do, but even if they did and they had all the best intentions and they make this board, 10 years from now, it's going to be the exact worst people the exact people that you would never want to have that control that will have weaseled their way in there because people with supposed good intentions created it. And it's just, it's a slippery slope that will, it will destroy people. It will you destroy know, lives. I think the, the thing, some of the points that she's making right there are really good. Power is money. And, you know, I was just thinking is truth power my truth my is power. power yeah and and and, and what, what i wanted to tack on to the chair of economics was this <clears throat> what kind of checks can be written mm -hmm. Do you, you see where i'm going once you are allowed to define what is true and what is not yeah you can write your own check can't you oh yeah i mean um it's uh you know, just print more money, the Federal Reserve, they can just make up whatever they want. You know, they, they, they don't have to, um, they don't have to put out true numbers for inflation anymore because the Ministry of Truth decided that that's going to harm people or any of that kind of stuff. There's no end to where this could go. The Disinformation Governance Board brought to you by DHS. By the way, the border crisis, <laughs> that is disinformation. Yeah. How, how far of a stretch yeah. is that? Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I know we, we're all kind of, you know, <clears throat> trying to shy away from the Orwellian comparisons too much because, you know, it's not well, the but exact they really same. Are. They, but well, but to, to the point, you know, this calling it the Ministry of Truth, it, it, it may not be exactly that today, but it will progress there. And what is the other, you know, systems that are involved with that? You don't think it's going to develop into the, um, you know, I, I can't remember the exact name, but the 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 um, Ministry of Plenty, I think it is. The Ministry of Plenty is is about starvation, about right. regulating yes. the amount of food that you could eat. Yes, and and they put Socialism. forth these numbers, and we've increased grain production, we've done this, we we had this amount of harvest, but it's all lies to blind people to what's really going on. Well, the the thing is, is the the the, the the Orwell thing being too far on the nose, and then I want to get to Miss Nikki. That people talk about Orwell being too too far on the on the nose. Uh, they didn't make any. They weren't coy about it. Mm -hmm. They weren't coy about it. They told us exactly what they wanted to do, and we have watched the Communist Party. And since the 1950s, they said they were going to take over our schools. They were going to put teachers in our schools. They were going to raise the debt limit. They were going to change all. And the, 
They posted this stuff. It's not a conspiracy theory if they tell you that they're going to do it and then we allow them to do it for the past 70 years. They had a guy write a book about it and tell you how to do it. Precisely. And so, so I want to I want to get to Miss Nikki because I know I know she was saying she, uh, she 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 had that look on her face like well, she wanted to say something. I have a question for you because our viewers might are out there might be saying, well, we have a constitution that says you have freedom of speech. So, in your opinion, how is this going to affect that constitutional right, freedom of speech? So, you we've don't. already lost we've already lost a theological and philosophical war here with the millennial generation and the Gen Xers. We've already lost that. You look at the way that they vote. They already believe that silence is violence. All, all, all of these these Orwellian chants that they, that they bring out, they already believe these things. So you see it in a culture war, and That's that culture war is pushing what? Policy. Political and you, policy. And you know why. But, so uh, but, uh, my with, question, though, but what I, I guess I should have been more direct, is the people who had their accounts canceled on Twitter, did that not go to the Supreme Court? Was there, was there not a case that ever made it to the Supreme Court on I that? Think, I think they refused to hear it. Uh, don't quote me. I, I, I don't recollect. But what you're going to see is Twitter's a private company. They're allowed to do it. And, and where, I was right. going, okay. where I was going was the culture war. Once they win the culture war, they are a decade or less from implementing whatever was won in the culture war into law. So if I can make it unacceptable so that – and cancel culture is not, is not boycotting. Cancel culture is doxing. And, and by the way, I, I hate these little terms, these little phrases that we coin up because they don't they're, – they're sort of hollow and vapid. When you go about destroying a human being so that they can never work in their chosen profession ever again and they will not even be able to bust tables, that is the destruction of a human. And that's what they want to do whenever you sit within a certain framework. But guess what? We've seen this before. We've seen this in the 1930s. It led up to the horrors of the Holocaust. Yep. And, and what, what they want to do is what they've done in Australia, where they've made it illegal to pray for someone suffering with same-sex attraction or transgender ideation. That's, exactly, that's what I was going to go up with. That's what it's coming to, is that your Christian belief that if you don't accept Christ as your Savior, you're going to go to hell. Well, that is... that's Untenable. Yes, that is terrible, and that should not be allowed. It's violence. Yes. Words are violence, they you're, say. You're selling that to a child, you're causing all this problem, so I can see where... You know, in it, today's culture, John Arthur, they, the younger people believe, like you're seeing all of these culture wars and, and people getting out, and doing all these demonstrations and and not really demonstrations it's they're basically hoodlums by just going out and destroying virtually destroying people's livelihoods by destroying you know neighborhoods people's businesses by billions and billions of dollars they're believing and using Believing that the government is telling them the truth, using the government as their truth person, as their it's, source, it's like their yes. source of truth, and you know it's like, okay, the government is telling us the truth. How many times has the government been 
wrong. Exactly, or purposely not told you the truth in order to get something across in their favor. If you have a pulse and you're and you're <laughs> half awake, you don't trust the government. I mean, Correct. really. And 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 I, I I always resented it over the two thousands. People always gave me a funny look when I said, "There's a criminal element in the in in our government. There's a criminal element that is out to do certain evil things," and and they they really haven't been you know all, all that quiet about it. They've they've been out there to a certain extent. They they're just so untouchable with no accountability. And now we have a lady who has zero accountability for having been wrong on so many points in vitriolic, on things that changed elections, on on, on the issue of uh, Biden's laptop. And again, I don't want to get to the political, per, per, you know, jots and tittles, but let's look at the point. When you have someone who you're talking to and you're trying to evangelize, or you're talking to a Christian who is who is lukewarm or milquetoast on these issues, what will you see come, Miss Nikki? What will you see come when truth is no longer valued? In fact, the truth is a lie. Well, it's it's the fall of a society. It is going to be poverty. It, I mean, it, it's going to be the worst of the worst. What Americans have enjoyed as the fruitfulness of our country is going to be lost because lies only bring destruction. And they also bring persecution. Yeah, absolutely. And this is all setting up for what we know is end time stuff. So absolutely true. They're Persecution. Gonna... And, and, and if you're not in line with who's in control of the government, mm-hmm, you're in trouble. And so I, I really don't want the government having that power. And there are some Christians who will say, well, it's going to happen. I'm just going to fold my hands and sit on them and just wait for Jesus to come. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's going to okay. happen anyways. There's nothing what? I can do about it. Why on earth, Jesus said, these things must come, but woe to whom, him whom, through whom these must come. He's talking about his own death. He's talking about what's going to happen. But guess what? If you are given the inheritance of a nation like ours that was fought for, so many people fought and died to make this nation not only a godly one, but a free one for those who were oppressed. And we're trying. It's not perfect, but we're trying to make it better. If you sit on your hands right now, going to humbly suggest that you might look at what God thought about Esau. Well, well I've got to say that I think that this might be kind of a blessing for Christianity in, you know, I would rather it not happen. But I think that this will, could push a lot of people to recognize that they have lost truth in their secular society. That truth is subjective and you know, maybe they had been you know, trying to deny that to themselves that, that this wasn't going on, that it wasn't building to this kind of thing of you know, this disinformation board. And I, I hope that it will open people up as an avenue of evangelism of, of people who see clearly now that they do not have a foundation of truth anymore and they want it back. And where, what better way to get people interested in talking to you than saying, hey, I have that. Let me tell you about the truth that you can have right now today. And this is a, a tool that we can use. I'd rather it not happen. But if it happens, I mean, we were just like we we're talking about, it's going to happen. 
but don't sit on your hands. Use it. And one thing, let's, let's just be clear here. There's such a thing called the power of prayer. You may not be involved in politics. You may not want to get involved in politics, but you can pray for those who are. You can pray about God raising up righteous men and women to do right things. You have power in your life. If you're not praying, if you're not looking at who's doing what, you're not doing your part. You're committing the sin of Esau. You are for you are neglecting your birthright. You were given this America. You were given opportunity right. to institute and push for godliness. If yeah. we had three million people praying for the same thing, Amen. there's going to be a power movement somewhere. But remember, God is not a microwave. He's not a drive-through. God God works strategically. So just because you've been praying about the abortion issue for 30 years, you keep praying. Amen. So just to wrap up the day, I want to go around the room, starting off with the chair of theology, and I just want to take away an apologetic for those who, who are listening. If they run into someone this week who says, you know, I, I, I think it is better that hate speech is, is regulated and that there is a government body that is that is intentionally preventing hateful and vile things. What is a theological argument and takeaway that we can give someone? Well, you know, when we study good and evil, what is good, what is evil, what are you basing it on? What are you basing hate speech on? What is hate speech? And what are you what is your what is your uh, benchmark for it? That's what you have to look at. Is who's gonna determine and are you are you comfortable with the government make, government making that determination? What is hate speech? And I don't think most people are. Do you trust the government to do what's right? Three fourths of the people do not. <laughs> exactly. So moving over to the chair of philosophy, I want to get your thought. Moving forward, what is a philosophical apologetic argument that we can give someone when they say this regulatory board sounds like a good idea? The Greek word for truth is aletheia to unhide or hide nothing. Truth is that which corresponds to reality. If we're all looking at the same thing, we ought to be able to come up with the same, um, what do I want to say, the same thought. The same outcome. The same outcome. So do we not want to see both the truth and the lies? Yes. We want to see the truth and we want to see the lies and we want it to be as open as possible because... From a philosophical standpoint, what always happens with when, when you compare the truth to the lies, which one always shines brighter? Uh, truth should always win out. It always Easily. does. It always That's why does. I've never been opposed to evolution being taught in schools or whatever. Fine. You teach it all you want. However, don't forget to teach creationism. Because when you put it out there on the same table, we all know which one's going to win. Indeed. Moving over to the chair of culture, what is a good apologetic that we can walk away from? Someone says, hey, our culture has become toxic with, uh, with free speech. Too many people are saying bad things. What kind of culture should we tell people we're, we're looking for? Maybe one that's open, right? A free speech culture, one that allows people to do free things, just like the way our founding fathers set it up. I mean, we're given the First Amendment, Second Amendment that supports. It's the reason they put the Second Amendment 
after the First Amendment. There's a reason it was there. It's a break if necessary. <laughs> break in case of fire acts. Yep. Right. There's a reason it was second, not third, not fourth, yep. not fifth. So, you know, um, these freedoms were designated for a reason. And with, you can look around the world, the types of thing, the, the types of governments that have come up, the atrocities that go on in all of these different countries because of non-freedoms that go on, the types of freedoms that are taken away from people, yep. all kinds of freedoms that are taken away. And when you start taking them away here in this country, you hear people come up and rise up against them and start talking about them. We need to be defending a culture of we, free speech. Exactly. That way the truth can win out. And that's, and that's the thing. What your government was designed to do was allow truth and lies to be spoken in the public space. Not libel. Libel and slander, by the way, were actually prosecuted I mean, by founding fathers. I mean, you're looking at Elon Musk. He's not a right-winger. He's not a left-winger. He wants what? He wants the truth to be told on a platform. He doesn't want it one way or the other. He wants it both ways. Everybody to be coming together and saying yep. what can be said. No algorithms, no bots, none of this kind of stuff. Everybody to come on like Charlie was talking about in school. You know, evolution's fine also to be taught, but let's also teach creationism. Make sure that we have a culture of openness. Absolutely. From a chair of politics, your government was designed to be an open, free society where truth could win out. If you start to take away that by defining and divining what is true, especially if it's with outside of the source of truth, you have now not only violated the precepts that this nation was built on, but more importantly, the precepts that they used to build this nation on. This, this experiment of the, of the American society will come to an end once you take away people's free speech. No, you can't call to action, fire in a crowded building, got it. But the freedom of the press, and with social media, we are the press. We are the press. The freedom of the press shall not be infringed. There is libel. There is slander. Those aside, you need to allow people to speak. And guess what? Dumb ideas... People, people hey, smell them when they see them. What are we, we doing right here, John Arthur? We're talking and we're providing a, exactly. a, uh, a window or an insight as to what we think. Absolutely. Moving on over to the chair of economics. Just to wrap up for the day, last thoughts. Well, for an economic apologetic, when you're fa talking to someone who has these ideas, understand what they're valuing and get them to understand what they're valuing so someone might say having hate speech laws prevents harm okay so so we're valuing the prevention of harm but continue to ask some questions what could be some unintended consequences of this what could be some uh risks that come along with this uh proposed benefit and then contrast that with the risks and benefits of 
the truth. And I'll, I'll end with this uh, verse from John 8, chapter, uh, John chapter 8, 31 to 32. Then Jesus told those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I'm not saying it's not going to hurt. I'm not saying it's not going to be difficult. I'm not saying you're not going to get in a bunch of arguments with people that you thought you were your friends when you suddenly don't support X, Y, and Z, but it will set you free. Amen and amen. If you enjoy this podcast, go ahead, like, comment, share, subscribe, all those good things. We appreciate those. And uh, if you didn't like this, well, smash that dislike button twice. Uh, if you have any comments, they help with the algorithm. Uh, those five-star reviews, uh, hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews on the uh, Apple uh, uh, iTunes page. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. We are uh, over 40,000 uh, downloads. Thank you all so much for this. And uh, wow. With that said, again, like, comment, do all that good stuff. We love you. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. All right. All right. If you're still here, if you're still here, uh, how long do you think Twitter will make it? Because what, what I'm saying, what I'm seeing here is a potential government crackdown. What do you think will happen? Do you think Twitter will make it through with both parties on the platform or do you think the Democrats are going to move to Canada? I mean, uh, move to something else, uh, start their own parlor? Because we are talking about actually removing serious antitrust violations, right? By the way, Apple and Google are talking about removing Twitter from their stores. So, do you think Twitter is going to actually make it through this turmoil? And if they do, do you think we'll have an even distribution of conservatives and uh, 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 liberals? Or do you think it's going to become a lopsided conservative platform? Ms. Nikki. At the moment, I, I, I would say it's going to make it. I think Elon Musk is a very smart man. Do you, do you think most of those people on Twitter are going to stay on? Yes. Mr. Charlie? I would agree with those comments, and I would also say there's one hinging factor here, and it's a huge one. If this governance board makes it past the election, the next major election, and, and my greatest fear is that it sticks because the Republicans will try to use it. Yes. That's my fear. If it goes beyond that, Twitter does not make it. If it gets canceled within the first year of the next election, Twitter wins. Do not touch the ring. The ring is not good, Frodo. Amen. Do not put it on, Frodo. Even if it's Ron DeSantis, Moving. don't touch it. <laughs> and he's against it. Yeah. It, it, he's on record going against it, but... I'm 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 sitting close to where you are, Mr. Steve. I think that Twitter's going to make it, and it all depends on who becomes president. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really does. Really does. So I'm I'm thinking Twitter is going to have a major evacuation of leftists, even if it is for a day. They, they, they can't help themselves. They, 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 have, exactly. they, have, they have Twitteria. They, can, they exactly. cannot help it. It is an addiction. It is an addiction that they must be back on. However, however, what I will, what I do think we're going to have is we're going to have this uh, disinformation board get more and more uh, power, power under this Biden yep. administration. Yep. And I am concerned that Musk has a long litany of lawsuits. Uh, that he's going to have to fight up to the Supreme Court. And if those feckless uh, 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 conservatives have any, those three that Trump put in, have any uh, fortitude, 
they'll at least hear the case. They may not. Moving on to the chair of economics, what are your thoughts here, Jennifer? I think, I think Twitter will make it, and I, I don't know. I have a weird sense of optimism that this is going to help to alert people to what's going on. I, I hope, I hope so. that this will be something like the um, parental rights issue where people saw behind the curtain, they saw what was going on in schools, and they said, oh, no, 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 this is not going to happen on my watch. And I hope that this thing with Twitter and this thing with a disinformation board will do the same um, for this particular I, issue. I could agree with that. And from, I think if people voted that way, that's what will happen. John from Jennifer's lips to God's ears, and we need to be pushing for not a governance change. Yes, that, but a revival. A revival is what is going to do it. If I could close with this one verse, uh, which kind of speaks to all of this kind of thing. It's Matthew 12, verse 36 and 37. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. Let's make sure that we are speaking in a winsome way. And let's make sure that if you are on Twitter, watch what you post. Uh, tell us down below what you think in the comments section. Do you think Twitter's going to make it? Do you think the liberals are going to evacuate? Or do you think they're just too addicted? It's now going to be a bad romance. They'll be singing, uh, they'll be tweeting Lady Gaga lyrics the whole way. Uh, let us know. And uh, thank you. You have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.